0: Hey, so good to see you all and thanks so much for the privilege of being able to open god's word uh, with you i'm grateful for jason reaching out to me and got to know him a little bit um, in march we had a acts 29 northeast prayer gathering um over at the hep hepzibah house i can never say it over on the upper west side and got to know him a little bit was so encouraged by his love for the city his love for you as his church And just his heart for prayer and was really motivated by that but uh, today we're going to turn to the passage that was just read about um, these four soils and as we jump in there's something I wanted to tell you about that I really really love I love like learning about medical miracles medical things that can radically transform people's lives I don't know if any of you are doctors if you are thank you But I think it's amazing, and so like one of the things that happens every year up in our region of the country is, as you would have heard of, the Boston Marathon, and that's a really big deal, and I was always blown away by people shortly after the Boston bombing who may have lost limbs, now have prosthetics that they can now run, it's amazing. You'll see people hiking up in my area in the White Mountains who have prosthetic limbs, and it's like they can go from not walking to to climbing mountains. Um, better than I can, and I remember at a different occasion being in a jungle in Peru, and we traveled with a with a suitcase full of like prescription eyeglasses that you could get at CVS or wherever. And I remember watching in amazement as we distributed these eyeglasses to people who and watched them put them on and their vision go from blurry to clear and they could see and just you could see the expression on their faces as their life just radically changed after that but maybe maybe my favorite medical intervention story was a video I saw a while back of a baby who was born deaf and actually makes me like tear up every time I think about it he was born deaf could not hear the voice of his parents and as those of you with kids And I don't even think you have to have kids to know this. Those of you without kids will know that hearing is critically important for development. And can you imagine being born and never being able to hear the words, I love you, or the the voice of your mom or your dad speaking over you, words of love. And so this baby couldn't hear any of that. But they figured out that they could, by surgery, correct the issue. And so they performed the surgery, and the baby was you know, under anesthesia, waking up, and someone grabbed a video camera as the baby opens its eyes, and for the first time could hear the voice of its parents. And the eyes got real big, and a smile came over her face as he could now hear again. And you know that that baby's life would never be the same because how you hear changes everything. And today what we're going to do in our text is we're going to check on our own hearing we're gonna look at this story that Jesus tells about the parable of the seeds and the sower and what we're going to discover is that right hearing leads to right living that once you hear the good news of the gospel it actually changes your life forever like a baby that hears for the very first time Is changed forever after that when you hear the good news it changes your life and if you're the note-taking type um, we'll have three simple points that will work us through our passage and the first is a story told Jesus tells a story known as a parable now if you are unfamiliar with church or maybe you're new to church um, we have encountered you may have encountered short parables before the the most famous parable you would have heard is uh, the parable of the the prodigal son as it, it is heard um, in this parable that we're looking at here the parable of the sower is a lengthier parable so then what is a parable well parables are sometimes allegories sometimes metaphors sometimes similitudes sometimes short sometimes long It's often been said that you may have heard that parables are an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, but parables aren't just earthly stories with heavenly meanings. Parables were these stories that Jesus told us to to affect our real life now, not just in heaven, Um, affect our real life now. Um, Perhaps my favorite definition of a parable is one by a scholar from where I went to seminary. He said a parable in its broadest sense, is an expanded analogy that uses the God-given gift of imagination to reflect a real reality. An expanded analogy that uses the God-given gift of imagination—you ha- all have imagination—to ex- to reflect a real realities. So parables tap into our creativity and get us to think about something deeper. So, with that in mind, let's start diving into our text. Jesus is surrounded by crowds of people. He is, he got his 12 apostles there. He has Mary, Susanna, these people that were mentioned up in um, the verses we didn't read of chapter 8. And you got Mary Magdalene there and th- these women that were f- actually funding the ministry of Jesus. And it is just a. It's a really, really busy scene, and you can just sense that there's just tons of energy. There's crowds and crowds of people. If you've ever been into like a concert where you, where you step in and just it's electric. We were in Times Square yesterday, and like there's just so many people and there's so much energy, and it's a little bit overwhelming as well. But there's there's all of these people there. And we see that if we look back up in verse 1, that Jesus was there telling the good news of the kingdom of God. Now, in the book of Luke, Luke has a thesis statement that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. That's what Jesus came to do. And back in Luke 4, we learn that Jesus came to preach the good news to the poor, to preach recovery of sight to the blind, to let them know that God's favor is here so jesus is announcing all of that good news to these people and that's when with these crowds of people about he begins to tell a story and the story is about a sower or farmer in the seed throwing or in the field throwing seeds just casting about And this is an agrarian culture right so a lot of people would have planted things whether it was olive trees or so forth Um, and so just connect this in your mind Jesus is talking to people about this event and he starts saying hey the kingdom of heaven what it's like it's about it's like a farmer who just kind of throws seed everywhere and then Jesus makes some really simple observations some fell in places where it would never grow some fell in places that was trampled some fell among rocky ground some fell among thorns and others fell in good soil now in New Hampshire where I live you know a lot of people have yards some people have like a massive yards and every year in the springtime they'll many people will load up the uh, the spreader you know this big thing that they walk behind and they put the seeds In the spreader and they walk behind it and the spreader just circles the seeds and it throws them everywhere and like inevitably some seed lands on the sidewalks or the walkways of your house and that seeds just never gonna grow some will fall and and maybe you know rockier ground that seed will never grow either and some will eventually sprout into beautiful blades of grass well Jesus says that his kingdom is like this that his kingdom kind of goes out in some sprouts in to good grass to good seeds and then Jesus says at the end of this if you have your Bible open let anyone who has ears to hear listen and if you're in the crowd then and maybe you're feeling the same way now you might be wondering what this actually means Jesus says kingdom of heavens like seed okay now what am i supposed to do with that jesus and it's the question the disciples have actually and that gets us to our next point a story explained a story explained and this is in verses 9 to 15 the disciples flat out ask jesus what does this parable mean and it's here we get into the why of parables And we see through the response that parables are for two things, therefore revealing and therefore concealing. Therefore revealing and therefore concealing. Verse 10, Jesus says, The secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know, but to the rest it is in parables, so that looking they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Get that? Revealing and concealing. Well, why what does that mean was well, actually much simpler than it sounds it sounds like Jesus just opened up a can, like a philosophical can of worms and it doesn't make much sense but what, what Jesus is saying is that for disciples for followers of Jesus what parables do is they they crack the door open and they let a little light in because if you're if you believe in Jesus and if you believe in what he claims to be if you believe in who he claims to be and what he says he's out to do then when he speaks in parables, what it does is it actually shines a little light into what it means to follow him, right? And I, I wake up really, really early, and the hotel blinds w- were closed, but I could see, like at 5 this morning, um, some light cracking in around the windows because I was looking for it, and so that's how parables are. If you believe in Jesus, if you're looking at him, you can see light, coming through that shed light on what it means to follow him but for those who have not bought into Jesus parables just seem to be a confusing story because if you're not bought in they only seem to muddy the waters so that's what Jesus means when he says seeing they may not see and hearing they may not hear you hear the story but you don't actually get what it means because you don't believe in Jesus but for disciples they shed a light on what it means to follow him. It's like a Disney movie. You know how you might watch a Disney movie when you're a kid, and it's like really, really fun, and then you watch that same Disney movie as an adult, and you realize they snuck a bunch of adult humor into the, like Toy Story is filled with it. it well, That's what Jesus does with parables. It's like if you have ears to listen, you're, you're hearing something else besides the story at hand. So, Jesus begins to go in. So, what is that light then? As we sit here this morning, what is the light that Jesus wants us to get from this parable and apply to our lives? And he begins to explain to the disciples what this means. And I think as we step into this parable, we'll see the relevance not only for them in that day, but for us now. Because here's the question here's the question why do some people get the message of Jesus and other people don't why do some people follow Jesus and others reject him or others follow him for a little bit and stop why is that and that would be the question for the disciples at this time too because here's Jesus He's healing people. In if we were we don't have time today, but if we were to do a survey of Luke chapters one through eight, we'd see Jesus healing people. We see Jesus giving sight to the blind. We see Jesus raising dead people to life. We'd see all sorts of amazing things. And still, there's a lot of people gathered around Jesus, but only a handful really believe in him. Why? Well, Jesus starts the answer, and first he starts to explain the parable by saying the seed. Is the word of God. And he says that seed fall, falls along the path, and birds come around, they snatch up the seed. And sometimes the message of the gospel, the message of the good news about Jesus, just kind of goes out. And the devil, yes, Christians believe in the devil, it's weird, but we do, um, the devil just comes and snatches it up. And we've seen this, right? We may have seen this in our own lives. We tell the good news of the gospel to someone who might share about how Jesus has changed our lives and they never really believe in that. They never believe in Jesus. Well, why is that? Well, um, Paul would say in verse Corinthians, in their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. The enemy has an opposing role. He blinds the minds of unbelievers. And the same is true then, and it's true now. But then Jesus goes on to talk about a different kind of circumstance. He says that the sea goes out and falls on rocky places. And Jesus says that these are the people, they hear the message of Jesus. They get stoked about it for a while. They might claim to believe in it. And they just, like a a match flame, it just burns out really quickly. And in this case, They don't have roots and they eventually wander from the faith you may have seen this I've seen this in my own life about people who've claimed to come to Jesus and then and then they kind of just fizzle out they can't stand when trial comes when things get hard and they wander from the faith you've probably seen this in your own life you may have been tempted to be this person in your own life where Things get hard, trials come, and faith just withers away. You see people sometimes baptized on Easter Sunday, and then a year or so later, when life gets difficult, they're nowhere to be found anymore. They were rocky soil. It happened then, in the time of Jesus. It happened now. Seeds fall on the rock. But then Jesus keeps going. And Jesus says, to the seed among the, that there's seed among the thorns, and he says in verse fourteen that these are the ones who, when they have heard, go on their way and are choked with worries, riches, and pleasures of life, and produce no mature fruit. Jesus keeps using this parable to describe a real experience for the disciples, them, and for us now. And if there's something we've seen over and over again since the time of the New Testament that until even today is that people claim to follow Jesus and and bail when life gets hard or when they get distracted with the pleasures of life and comfort and ease. The Apostle Paul would would describe Demas in this way. He said, Demas has deserted me since he loved this present world and has gone to Thessalonica. Demas, who walked with Paul, loved the present world, and deserted Jesus in the process. And friends, the reality is that worries, riches, comfort, the pleasures of life can choke out growth. It can cause faith to wither. This is why um, one research group said that 70% of high school students Will walk away from their faith by the end of their first year of college because why? The pleasures of life they just, it has a way of choking out faith wealth, worries so their faith goes away but then lastly Jesus describes the good soil and what he says is that these are the ones who having heard the word with an honest and good heart hold on to it And by enduring produce fruit those in good soil are simply the ones that last they endure and they're the ones whose lives look more and more like the person of Jesus they produce fruit they hear and they hold and they endure and they produce fruit Jesus explains the parable so when you see the kingdom, when, you, when, when the, the message of the good news of the gospel goes out, these are the four responses you see. You got people who just, they're just not interested. You got people who will be interested for a little bit, and then they seem to go away. You got people who will be interested, and then like life will just get so busy, and it'll choke it out, their faith out. And then you got people who just endure. They hold. You probably know some of these people too. But then Jesus pivots and brings us to our last point. A story lived. A story lived. Did you notice that there is a progression amongst the soils on how mature the plant is? Starts off by just a seed falling on the ground, Bird comes, snatched away. Next one is a rocky, it has no roots so it can't really grow much. Next one, it gets a little taller in the thorns. It's getting longer and longer and longer because here's the secret of the parable. Here's where we begin to see the light crack in, that Jesus is describing a reality that happens as we share the good news of the gospel, that as the gospel goes forth, as the message of the kingdom goes forth, he's describing a real reality out, out there in the world, out there for the disciples. But it's not just about out there. What Jesus is doing is not just saying, don't evaluate out there so much, but I want you to evaluate in here. Because those who believe in me, they hear, they hold, they endure, and they produce fruit. Because what we do with this parable is we immediately look around outside of us and we say, Oh, I remember Tim. Tim believed in Jesus for so long, and then he just got caught up in his job. Or I remember the Smith family. They used to come to church all the time, and then kids' sports took over. Or I remember Jamie, and she loved the Lord, but she walked away because she just loved life so much. And Jesus became less than. We instantly start to look out there. But what Jesus wants us to do is he wants us to look in here and ask us what kind of soil we are. Because look at what Jesus says in verse 16. And Luke, Luke is so interesting because he, he, he's like a painter. He like keeps mixing in different things to all to prove his point. In verse 16, he says this. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a basket or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. For nothing is concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known and brought to the light. Well, hold on, Jesus. We we were talking about soil. Now we're talking about light. And what Jesus is saying is that light has come into the world. And this light is a revealing light. It's a light that will actually show forth what kind of fruit we have, if it will produce any. And so Jesus is saying that this light has a way of penetrating the hidden places of our own hearts. It, it has a way of exposing what is really there. If we're really following him, what kind of soil we really are. And then we're invited then. To live in that light. We're invited to come forward in that light. Because one of the things that Luke has sought to do through his book is show that Jesus is the light from God. Luke 1 says that the Messiah, that Jesus is coming, is like the rising sun that illuminates the darkness and that shows forth the way to God. That when Jesus comes, he's like the light that doesn't just expose our hearts, but actually shines a light in the dark places to show us the way to God himself. His light is a revealing light, but it's a light that doesn't just reveal to shame, but a light that reveals to draw us in, because that's who Jesus is. When his light comes, he doesn't just shine a place on the on the dark parts of your heart. And here's the thing. You know your heart a little bit. We can't ever know our hearts fully, but you know your heart a little bit, and you know that not everything is there is good, right? Or is it just me? Um, you know that not everything in there is good. You know that there are places in your heart that you struggle with sin. You know that there, there are temptations that you have that you deal with. You know, the, you know that you're tempted by the pleasures of this world, or you're tempted to leave Jesus by the trials of life. And Jesus is saying, that his light has come and he wants to go to those dark places and shine his light there and you can let his light come or you can try to hide but his light is a revealing light so he tells the story it seems disconnected and then he says therefore take care how you listen for whoever has, more will be given to him. Whoever does not have him, what he thinks he has will be taken away from him. What does all this means? mean? Well, for those willing to hear what Jesus is saying in the parable, they'll be given more insight because they're listening. You see, Jesus says to be careful how you listen. How's your hearing? Like, be careful little ears. Not what you hear, but how you hear. Because Jesus is inviting us he's inviting you he's inviting me to hear what he's saying and to live in light of it to know that if you're really gonna follow him if you're really gonna claim to follow him you'll be changed by this light so how are you hearing are you hearing holding enduring and producing fruit the scene cuts all of a sudden this all the talk of parables and light this, it shifts, and now the sh- the scene changes. Luke Luke pans the camera, as it were, to a different scene, and that's Mary and the disciples trying to trying to get to Jesus, but it's so crowded. It's like if you ever get separated in a, in a massive crowd of people from the people you're traveling with, and you can see them, but you just can't get there from here. Well, that's what it's like, in. And they're trying to get to him, and, and people say, Jesus, your mother and your brothers, they're trying, to, they're trying to reach you. But the crowds, there's too many people. And then Jesus says this, and this closes our passage for today. He says, my mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God. My mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God. And with that last sentence then jesus pulls this whole passage together right he just pulls all of the sowing, all of the light and now this passage about family is all about hearing and doing the word of god because what how we're supposed to respond to the text is to literally be good soil to evaluate our hearts and ask what am i in danger of becoming right now and if you're a new christian i can tell you the danger is that the roots of your heart have only begun to grow into jesus you're at risk that you might be the person that when life gets hard you fall away to be honest about that and to just to to keep following jesus to keep putting yourself before the light of christ and to let his light shine in your heart He's encouraging to hear and to hold and to endure. Keep going to community group. Keep, keep showing up here on Sundays. Keep confessing sin. Keep praying. Keep in the word, right? Keep following him. When you're tempted to, to go, to fall away, be honest about that. Maybe you're sitting here and your life is really difficult right now. And you're wondering, what in the world? Where is God in all of this? And if that's you, there's a risk that you could be the rocky soil. You could be the rocky soil that when things get hard, you want to pull away from Jesus. And I just want to encourage you, don't don't run away from Jesus. Run to him. Remember, there's nothing concealed that won't be revealed, and so you may as well run to that good revealing light now because he will show it later. So in your trials and in your struggles, run to Jesus. Run to Him. He's there, willing to receive you. Maybe you're sitting here, and you're comfortable. Life is really good. We've got our lives. We have our plan. You have your four hundred one k. Got your busy schedule. You got kids that their schedules kind of keep you busy. Then you have all the things you're worried about. And slowly but surely, those things can squelch faith, take it away. In my context, I see this all the time. In my context, up in New England, in predominantly, you know, um, especially in my last context, in the metro west suburbs of Boston, I watch families all the time, like their kids they would begin, their kids would get in sports. This was how I saw this. Their kids would go into sports. They would have games on Sunday. And all of a sudden, slowly but surely, like thorns, and I'm nothing against kids' sports, but they eventually took over their faith, and slowly but surely. It might not be sports where I'm standing in Harlem, New York. It, it might not be sports for you. But there may be things that if if you keep in that path, slowly but surely, it will choke your faith away. If you're trying to find ultimate joy in money, in career, in fame, in success, in sex, in power, whatever it might be, those things can choke out your faith over time. So, where are you? What kind of soil are you? How are you hearing and obeying and enduring and producing fruit? Because Jesus has come. The the light has come. And you may as well run to that light. It is a merciful light. Right hearing leads to right living. His family, Jesus' family, are those who hear him and do what he says. Jesus is pulling together a family that live life from his love. Jesus has radical love, and if he saved you, he has has shown you that love, right? He is willing to die for you on a cross. He was willing to take your sins upon himself. He was willing to make you right with God. He was willing to give you the, the answers to the biggest questions you have about the meaning of life and where it comes from and where it's going. Jesus has given you all of that in himself and a promise that of a future hope of life with him forever of, in a world that's completely restored. Jesus gives us that hope, and so what he's saying is I'm making a family who live in that love, who really believe in what I say, who hear what I say and then live their life according to it. That's who Jesus is making because I've done everything for them. when you hear Jesus you live like Jesus Jesus secured and demonstrated his love for us that while we were still sinners he died for us if Christ has died and risen again which I really believe and I hope you do too this changes everything and should change how we live so I want to ask how's your hearing Have you heard? Are you obeying? And are you living honestly about where you're tempted to fall away? And I just want to urge you to run to Jesus with those things. Hear, hold, endure, and watch him produce fruit in your life that will last forever.